This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Special fun size edition, Jeff Hawkins, riding solo with you on this post-holiday, pre-New Year edition of Shake Them Ropes. Chris Novembrino, taking some vacation time off, hanging with the new lady. On the other hand, all I have to keep me warm is the flicker of the television and my hatred of my fellow man. Anyways, I did want to get one episode out, just even if it was short enough for a walk of the dog or a quick drive to the store because I got a streak to maintain here, kids. Um, But I also just kind of, you know, this is more opining when you don't have a lot of subject matter to go to. And I'm I'm, uh, kind of interested in, in taking a step back, seeing what this year gave us and kind of looking at the year ahead Uh, real quick. I want to get into some news here because I'm absolutely baffled by some of the reactions to this Chris Statlander AEW bar wrestling nonsense. You had heard Chris Statlander, number one contender for your AEW women's championship, double booked on New Year's Day. New Year's night, she's going to be out here in Los Angeles wrestling on night two of bar wrestling for Joey Ryan out here at the uh, bootleg theater. When she was supposed to be taking on... Riho for the women's championship on national television. A lot of people, a lot, a lot, a lot of people are going in on AEW for this. I can't comprehend that. I really can't. I understand. There's a lot of people and well within their right who think that corporations will Just exploit and exploit and exploit you. And if you don't fight back, then, you know, then, you know, they'll just take advantage of you. This isn't the case in show business. And it's one of those weird things where I think there's a lot of people who are ungrateful that studios and whatnot will put up money for their artistic endeavors and think it's owed to them in some way. I am not going to trash Statlander in any fashion other than this. It's on her to tell AEW I am booked that night. Now, if they heard it and they ignored this, sure it's on AEW. But I don't think I don't think they book her to win a number one contenders match if they know that she can't make it on the night of the scheduled title fight. Okay? Now, you can ask all you want. You can say, hey, Chris, you got any bookings that night? And if she tells you no, are you supposed to keep hounding her? Hey, are you sure? Are you sure? Are you certain? Are you sure? Check your calendar. You know, go through your Rolodex. Make sure you don't have a double booking because otherwise we're going to be really screwed. I I just. (laughs) Companies can only do so much. And it's up to you as an employee sometimes 
to <laughs> make your employer look good. I know that sounds horrible to some people, but if you have a new product rollout and you're the guy making the big presentation and you're going on vacation the week they're supposed to roll it out, probably need to tell your boss, hey, I'm not going to be at this big conference where you're rolling out this big new product of yours. You might want to get somebody else. Or, you know, tell them ahead of time when they're planning it, hey, I'm unavailable that day. But it seems preposterous to me. Absolutely preposterous to me. that The notion that AEW needed to basically micromanage Statlander in order to make sure that they didn't book her on the same night she was booked for indie dates. She's allowed to do indie dates. It's in her contract. Good for her. But, you know, you're the one here getting the exposure from AEW, not vice versa. You need to be the one to take the initiative here. And maybe it was just crossed wires. Look, I am fully, fully capable of thinking that maybe just something was missed accidentally with no, you know, no real animus or no real, you know, nobody really made a mistake. They just forgot. That's cool. Accidents happen. I'm fine with that. I'm just saying that people rushing to blame AEW and look how stupid they are and blah, 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 blah. I, I can't get on board with that. I just can't. I, I, I'm, if, if you're going to blame somebody, I'm blaming the individual here. And we can agree to disagree. We can have that discussion. Come on to me on Twitter. I'll talk to you about it. I want to know why you think, you know, how is it within the realms of AEW to be able to keep up with all this? Now, maybe AEW has talent calendars for all their signed talent. Where they're going to be and win, especially the ones that can get indie bookings or can fly to Japan. But even if they did, you can still remind them. I, I just, there's no situation where I look at this and go, man, AEW was really stupid here. Because AEW is, you know, it might be an up-and-coming wrestling company, but it's still a bureaucracy in many ways. It's still going to have its problems. It's still going to have, you know, corporate management and corporate communication. And, you know, I'm sure that she doesn't have ADP and she can put, hey, I need, I need eight hours of PTO on Wednesday so I can go wrestle in front of a bunch of Los Angeles yahoos in a small theater. You know, even that being said, the fact that <laughs> I get honoring commitments, but if you're going to do a makeup to somebody in this situation, isn't, isn't bar wrestling the one that you're going to go, okay, I'll do a make good next time. This is a huge moment for me. It's, it just seems a little ridiculous, everything about this. It's, it's like I said, I was baffled by it. I'm reading this going, hold on, man, I, you know, I got the biggest match of my career on national television on January 1st. You know, I'm, I just feel terrible if I told Joey Ryan I couldn't make that bar wrestling date. You know, where 200 people are going to watch me fight. I just, it's... 
I don't say you no show. I, I think handling things professionally is great. It is great. Don't and it's your response and it's responsible and it's the thing to do. I just, it's just wait, wait, hold on. We we can't uh we can't turn down that booking to to do this already scheduled advertising sent to television station thing. It's it's mind-boggling everything about this. I mean, in in older days someone'd be fired for it, but you can't right now because they'll just go on to somebody else. But am I wrong here? If I'm wrong here, please course correct me because it's a generational thing possibly with me and i get that too it it was it's just one of those situations the more i read about this the more i go huh and you know you can scream angle all you want it was wasn't supposed to be originally an angle and so now you're getting a four-way between riho and basically the rest of the division no, just, I don't need the smoke and mirrors of covering for Britt Baker and Nyla Rose here. Just give me Rio versus Sheeta. Be a nice, fun, one-on-one women's match. Say that, you know, one's a number one contender now, one's a number one contender later. You know, you don't need to do a lot of storytelling. Just do the match. Kind of avoid the whole Statlander incident. Move on with your life. Like, I'm going to move on right now. So 2019 is almost over. Wrestling is in a very odd place right now. Very, very odd. We've had a lot of interesting developments over this year. AEW coming a new player on the national market. Very noteworthy. AEW losing about half of its audience from its original premiere. Noteworthy. NXT going to USA Network to fight off AEW. Noteworthy. Fox Sports buying SmackDown, putting it on Friday primetime. Very, very noteworthy. Perhaps the most noteworthy of anything that happened this year. I still think Fox got sold a bill of goods here. I think WWE went in there, made a presentation. We can cater this product to any audience because because families of all ages and all demographics love this product. So you just tell us what you want, Fox, and we'll give it to you. And they just gave them the old standard WWE product. Raw, still the mothership, still on USA, retained by them. Pretty significant. Still at three hours. Audience is fading a bit, but still very, very strong for that Monday night. We have these other players involved. TNA going over to Access and getting, you know, more exposure over there than they probably were on Twitch. Ring of Honor still holding steady over on Sinclair Broadcasting Networks. The NWA on YouTube started out with a little bit of buzz there. Jim Cornette sticks his foot in his mouth. <laughs> Even money, that would have happened. Kind of lost a bit of luster. Notes coming out of the pay-per-view, not exactly knocking over everybody. But it's there, and it's an option. New Japan, coming back to America to tour. I don't get this. 
but it's significant. You have all these small companies, and I've never been one to say that there's not enough pie for everybody. You know how everybody goes, well, the pie can only be so big, and you can only have a certain amount of it. It's just the WWE has their pie, and everybody else has a separate pie right now. WWE has the pecan pie over at the adult table right now. Kids are trying to split this rhubarb strawberry. And you know how kids love rhubarb. I don't know. I'm I'm looking at 2020, and I think wrestling is going to be hurting by the end of the year. I just don't see all these smaller companies breaking out. I don't see WWE changing anything to be noteworthy. I think we're going to get a slog of a year. I think Wrestle Kingdom coming up next week is going to be fantastic as usual. And everybody will give their usual lip service to New Japan. New Japan's big buzz was around 2011 to about 2014. I don't understand why they want to be here in the United States, but they're stubborn, much like everybody else who runs a wrestling company is stubborn. The American audiences want New Japan, and they want the Japanese product. They don't want gaijins who wrestle in New Japan to to have some sort of rivalry with the Japanese wrestlers. They want Tanahashi. They want Okada. You know, they want Naito. They want Jay White. They want the guys that they see. Those who are subscribing to your network, which you have not upgraded to give an English translation or to work on a many devices here in America, they, you know, you have that audience in your hands. Why are you going to piss them off? I don't see them making much money here. I don't see a lot of growth for it. I think they had some growth when you had Omega and the Bucks and Cody still wrestling for New Japan, but even then, I don't think, you know, it was that big. Lance Hoyt's great. Friend of Voices of Wrestling. Friend of the Mothership. You know, but are you going to build a separate, you know, New Japan station? You know, New Japan America, much like NXT UK? (laughs) No. And NXT UK is out there in the boonies. This When Worlds Collide thing is going to be like NXT winning the Survivor Series. I think we're going to have a scoreboard. I think we're going to have NXT UK probably win the whole thing. It's not going to translate to viewers necessarily because it's still on the network. You got 205 Live dying on the network. And to what point, to what end are all these small companies and small shows within big companies existing? It's just product. It's Golden Corral. I mean, it would be great if TNA... Ring of Honor, maybe AEW, maybe New Japan could just get over themselves. And instead of wanting all the money, having some of the money and being able to compete, really compete with the main roster WWE behemoth that's out there. I don't see it happening. You know, as soon as access gets, you know, Art Art Man, you know, drinking with Sammy Hagar, 20 episodes. If that pulls a number, 
TNA is getting canceled. At New Japan already, Wrestle Kingdom's not going to be showing on Access. They're kind of uh, backing out of that a bit. ROH, you know, you re-signed Marty Skrull, but okay. Where's your growth? Where's your audiences clamoring for it? You're going to the same cities over and over again. Your TV ratings aren't growing necessarily. You're trying to find new ways to present old guys. I just don't... I don't see it. I, I don't see it. And, of course, WWE's going to come out here, you know, do their usual rumbles to mania builds, you know, contrive stories, angles, whatnot. You know, you know, it's a big event. We'll all watch eight hours worth of mediocre wrestling. And we'll decide, you know, was it worth it to travel that far? And where's it going to be next year? And where are we meeting? And who's going to run shows you know, to counter program and where's the hot indies and who are the hot stars coming out of that? That'll be the same kind of talk we get every year. I I just, who's going to break out from this pack? Who's going to do something that makes normal non-wrestling fans go, wow, that's kind of cool. I want to watch that. I still think NXT is the odds on favorite. But I mean, with this Keith Lee match this week, you're already seeing the cinematic aspects of WWE, and they're going to run cool things into the ground if they can. I don't know. I, I just, I, I'm really, I'm not hopeful for 2020 for wrestling. You're going to have a lot of talent moving around, I think. I think the Revival are going to be gone. So them going to AEW will be interesting. But what about the AEW tag team division right now screams to you that uh, that there's a steady course to go down here? Name an act in AEW that's hotter now than when they started, other than maybe Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus. Who's hotter? Even Dean Ambrose, John Moxley, has cooled down significantly. And it's just another wrestling product out there doing wrestling, wrestling, wrestling. Very similar to what you saw in WWE. So people will just go back to WWE if they don't have a reason to stick around. And there's only two reasons to stick around. Either personalities that stick out or they're doing something drastically different than the other guy. Great matches aren't going to be it. I, I know that's going to shock a lot of people. I know a lot of people that listen to this love great matches. I love great matches. It's not something you can build a wrestling promotion on because that first week where you don't have a lot of great matches, you're done if that's your selling point. It's... <laughs> I mean, did you think you were going to get PWG every week? I think some people did. I do. I think people thought that you know, we'll watch the Lucha Brothers and the Young Bucks do four and a quarter star matches every week. And that'll be enough to build a wrestling promotion. And they're finding out it's much more difficult than that. You actually have to put some effort in. You have to put not just character development, but have arcs planned. Week to week to week to week to week. 
It's not just going to be you and your friends running a wrestling company using somebody else's money. We'll build a bar and we can live here forever. You actually got to put some work in now. And I think it's become a bit of a culture shock how much work this is. Anyways, that's my rant for this week. You've heard enough. Follow me at Crap Game 13. Follow Chris at Chris Novembrino. Follow the show at Shake Them Ropes. As always, thank you so very much for your patronage, for your listens, for your feedback, for interacting with us in 2019. We'll still be around in 2020, I think, depending on how the elections go, how much Chris wants to be play political pundit. You know, because he's very busy doing that, and he enjoys that, and I have no problem with him doing that. But wrestling will probably take a back seat with him. I, on the other hand, you know, I'm entering this new job. I'm very nervous still, trying to catch up, trying to watch all the wrestling as well. Like to occasionally watch some non-wrestling things. But, you know, I'm hoping something, something grabs me by the collar and says watch this because that's what I'm waiting for that's what I'm dying for what do you think happens in 2020 I know I just tried to end the show but now I just thought of something I think CM Punk is at Wrestlemania this year I think he's probably fighting Brock or Cena or the Undertaker or one of the other part timers and the build will be about what a hypocrite CM Punk is for it you know, looking forward to Xavier Woods coming back and seeing if they do anything different than the New Day. Hoping some talent gets released and gets to go elsewhere. Like, I'd love Mojo Raleigh to be able to show up somewhere and really show what he has. I think that match with Kevin Owens showed that there is still some potential in Mojo Raleigh. See what these new turns of Dakota Kai and Bailey bring us. See if they can build up Sasha Banks to being the world-class superstar she is. See if they can maintain the heat of Becky Lynch as the man. See if they can do something with Charlotte. See what they can do with Kevin Owens. And what do you do with guys that are great that you really haven't done a lot with, like Cesaro and Sami Zayn? You know, are we going to be picking up the pieces of Rey Mysterio in 2020. Much like, you know, the Jushin Liger goodbye tour, just kind of trying to get him from match to match and make sure he stays together the entire time. I don't know. I'm very intrigued. I'm very worried. I would really like wrestling to be hot again and not in the attitude era way. I just mean something where people are going, did you see that last night? And not just people that I know in wrestling, people that would never watch wrestling. I miss that. I miss that kid on Christmas morning being excited to get to wherever I'm going the next day and discuss how awesome something was. But we'll see. Talk to you later.